Stop! Sure you want the rest of it? Dirty Harry Welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute, the only podcast in the world to review every minute of that 1971 Warner Brothers classic, Dirty Harry. I'm one of your hosts, John, and I'm delighted to announce that we have the original crew back to review another minute. We have Timothy. Hello, Tim. Hi. Where have you been? Um, doing stuff. <laughs> I told you, Daddy Daycare Minute. <laughs> <laughs> You're seeing somebody else. And we have original second co-host, Trent. Hello, Trent. Hello there. What have you been up to today? What have I been up to? I have been starting my podcast Caligula Minute. Um, (laughs) Yes, I I think it's only going to go for about 10 minutes and um, they'll be too horrified. Or Silo Minute. Um, Yeah, I think I got 20 (laughs) minutes into that and threw up. Anyway... Let's continue on. Everyone was thinking there was a beef between you and Tim because you two haven't been in the same room since minute 61 or something in the stadium. No, spiritually, we've been in the same room. Yes. That's right. For for 20-something years. So, yes, we're all He's always in my heart. Yes, as is Tim. (laughs) Well, many thanks for coming together, guys. Um, So few minutes left in this great movie that we've loved and we've loved talking about. Are we at the last one yet? No. Damn. But we are delighted to be guested by two wonderful guests. You may know them as as Mash Minute we have all the way from America. Hang on, wait, 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 sorry. Mash Minute? I thought Spies Minute. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's the bonus episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one would review that turd. We have Megan and Tierney. Hello, thanks for joining us. Hi. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi from Boston. Hi from Ash. <laughs> and hi from New Hampshire. Yup. Middle of nowhere in New Hampshire. Woohoo. <laughs> How are you guys enjoying your podcast, Mash Minute? We're in the home stretch. We're not as close to the end as you guys are, but it's starting to feel surreal. <laughs> wow. It's almost time for football. Woohoo. <laughs> The silence on our end. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Go team. Well, many thanks for joining us, Megan and Tierney. Today we are reviewing a minute 96. The minute begins with Harry. Um, excuse, feigning- me, excuse me. Could you just introduce oh. me, please? <laughs> <laughs> that was all by design. Yeah. We have sure, a stand-up sure. comedian. We have professional talker, speaker. We have a wonderful host in a beautiful not theaterette music shelf. We have Karen Sims. Hi. Thanks for hosting us again, Karen. Um, That's okay. Can I just let you know my daughter's birthday is in July. (gasps) Now, that's only significant because the last time you were here was my husband's birthday. And in a couple of hours, it's going to be my son's birthday. So, clearly, you're just coming over whenever there's cake. (laughs) Well, I'm looking at some cookies or biscuits, as we say, in front of us. Or yo-yos. I don't know if that translates (laughs) across the Atlantic. Well, thank you, Karen. And, of course, you must have enjoyed me deliberately uh, forgetting you on purpose. I did. I did. That's how memorable (laughs) I am. (laughs) Well, thank you, one and all. Today, we're reviewing Minute 96. The minute begins 
with Harry feigning to lower his gun and ends on an insert shot of that infamous 44 Magnum. What did you think about this minute, uh, Tierney? Uh, so here's an interesting story. I'd never seen this movie before. So you sent me this minute. I ran out of my room with my phone in my hand and screamed, oh my God, I've got the line, the dirty, hairy line. And then I watched the movie for the first time yesterday. (laughs) I was like, oh, he says it more than once. (laughs) Did it live up to the pop cultural resonance? Were were you pleased to hear that line in its full context? Uh, Yes. uh, I knew that line mostly from the movie The Mask, starring Jim Carrey. (laughs) (laughs) Very different experience. <laughs> Just a little. And what did you think of this minute, Tim? Um, good. <laughs> Sorry, because <laughs> it's not on screen. I can't, I can't remember it well. <laughs> How do you generally like Western showdown minutes that are in the bright sunlight out of town where justice knows no bounds? Well, do you think this is some sort of... Um, Hark back to his spaghetti westerns in some way, John. I do. Um, I find this a lot more satisfying than the Dollars trilogy. Is that blasphemous, Tim? <laughs> well, not. Nah, this is the one that propelled him into stardom, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I thought you might prefer the the big the wrath scene in Seven. Isn't that your go to <laughs> scene? <laughs> the in, the indignant righteous killing of um. That weed, Kevin Spacey? Well, you're the one who watched it recently. And- we hate Kevin Spacey now, don't we? <laughs> yeah. I hate listening to the music in Yoga of American Beauty because I used to listen to it and think, Kevin Spacey, icon. And now I, and now I have to go, oh, that's right, we hate him now. <laughs> it ruins my yoga completely. What did you think about this minute, Megan? Um, I thought it was pretty interesting. I, I had seen the movie, like, years ago on cable television, probably flipping through, and so... It was sort of like, oh, I have to go back and see this movie again because it's like, whoa. Are there any comparable villains in your movie of choice, MASH? North Koreans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Communism? (laughs) No, I felt very at home in this movie, though, doing a 1970 film. And it's like January 1970. And having to deal with the way women are treated and different races are treated. It was a, a unfortunately familiar feeling. <laughs> and, and kind of bucking the establishment in a way, too. That's true. That's the nicer way to put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both these movies have one use of the F word as well. I think the MASH one's during the football game, isn't it? Where Spear Chuck is yeah. just, fuck! And then here it's, drop the fucking gun! Huh? So... <laughs> They were adventurous in their in their racism, but not in their uh, acceptance of profanity. <laughs> yeah, so I said true. the word "fuck" so many times while watching this, mostly in the context of what is fucking happening in this scene. I agree. I agree. I, I'm, I was the same thinking, and I've seen it many, many times, including the first year it came out. And I was I watch it now and think, how could they have done this so badly over and over again? <laughs> <laughs> like even the credits so you know the the killer is called Scorpio throughout the entire movie in the credits he's known as killer yeah. <laughs> consistency please like so Karen I take it you didn't go and seek out the sequel since our last I did our last make pod. I did make a very 
veiled promise to investigate, but I could not be bothered <laughs> because I don't just I don't need to see any more violence or any more you know racism or sexism or guns. I did think Magnum was an ice cream for a very long time. <laughs> um, I could look at Clint Eastwood all day every day, but the rest of it just slows me down. Well, it got progressive. He had an Asian partner in the fifth one, I think, didn't he? Yeah. I hope she did a lot of cooking and cleaning and never left the house. And a woman in the third. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, Tyne Daly from Cagney and Lacey. What do you mean? A oh, woman um, partner. Uh, partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant um, like he had an Asian <laughs> and then he had a woman. She came in the second Some part. Some Asians are women. in the second part. <laughs> um, oh, Tyne Daly, there you go. Well, they probably they probably projected her into previous, you know, like subsequent um, cop shows where she excelled herself. Tim, what do you... Do you think Harry looks like he's really sweating balls, as Americans say? Um, it looks pretty like a hot day. From- do we? Do we? I, I don't. I guess we do. Well, he has just run through a I mean, dirty it. I mean, it is a saying. I don't know that I've ever said it out loud. <laughs> and the reason Harry looks so hot in this minute is that it is not polite for a gentleman to remove his coat until mm. told that he can. And vest. And vest. Yes. You know, it's, it's like a wedding. It's like, gentlemen, you may re- remove your coats. So he's, he's got to stay. And also he can't leave it behind because then he has to go back and get it. And, and, you know, like there's only one staff member in the whole quarry that we see <laughs> a snippet of. That guy's not going to steal it. He's asleep in the truck by now. He's lucky everything's brown because otherwise it would, you know, just <laughs> been soiled. Yeah. <laughs> and that poor kid with the fishing rod must be thinking, I, sh- you know, I-, I nicked off from school to have a bit of a fish in a poison bit of yeah. water and now I've got a gun against my throat. <laughs> I was so confused by this kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's so gratuitous. Interesting bit of trivia about that. Uh, boy in real life I don't know if we've covered this but he's actually Andy Robinson's stepson that's right in in real life oh wow yeah this guy yeah oh can I point out how incredibly weird it is that the killer Scorpio is Andy Robinson and there is an Andy Robinson who does the Godfather minute oh Oh, wow oh I didn't know that wow (laughs) twist that was very surreal when that credit came up. So I spent the whole ma- movie being like, this is odd. That's why when you reached out to Andy Robertson, John, and he rejected you. Because <laughs> he was doing his own Godfather minute. He said, stop typecasting me. I was a killer a long time ago. Um, I love the way, again, Clint's hair grows between scenes. <laughs> <laughs> My hair never grows. His hair never stops growing. There's a surprising lot of production photos behind the scenes from this day of shooting. And you can see they've got two big arc lights up. Um, Yeah, which was a big feature of Eastwood's later movies to even to use outside lighting and um, actually, ironically, reducing lighting to interiors. So, was it filmed in order? Do you know if this was actually filmed last? Andy Robinson, when I reached out to him, said it was... (laughs) It was filmed a lot in continuity order, yeah. And so this was the last scene that they filmed. Which Andy Robinson said it, though. (laughs) (laughs) He could be sabotaging our work. What you mentioned, though, is the one thing, because I don't know that I liked this movie, but I thought this movie was gorgeous. And the whatever they were doing with lighting and the camera work, and sometimes it's too dark to see, but then you realize, oh, that's on purpose, that's serving the story. It's 
just perfect. I mean, not to be a millennial, but it is chef's kiss beautiful <laughs> as a motion picture. It's just that the story is utter crap and makes no sense in Isn't a lot it? of places. So true. <laughs> but, but, oh. But oh, uh, I, I agree visually, even on VHS and, you know, truncated, I can't speak English today, um, television prints, it was stunning. And to me, uh, yeah. you know, nearly 30 years ago, that's what struck out uh, a passion for me in this film. Um, not the story, not really much else, but just the visual and just the mood. Did I ask or the just- right questions a year ago, Trent, when I asked you to come on this podcast? I should have screened you out. Get it. <laughs> oh, I thought you were with the force on this, man. You screened me out of my love for this film with this podcast. <laughs> Seeing it too many times. Yeah, thank God. That's it's what the they end. do, man. One minute at a time. Oh. <laughs> no, and I will say there were a lot of moments in this movie that I did think were well done. And there are some really funny lines that made me laugh out loud, but... I just, when I sat back at the end of the movie, and especially like in the scene, I'm just like, what am I watching? <laughs> and I think it's just weird to me because I'd always known about Dirty Harry. I'd never seen it. I don't understand how this is such a classic film. <laughs> because in those days, we didn't have anything else. We had three channels on TV. You know, our, our recreation was to sit in the gutter outside our house from from dawn till dusk. Like, the, you know, you got one icy pole for, per family. There was nothing going on in the 70s. Yeah, popsicle to you. There, there was nothing going on, like nothing. I say to my children, the reason I'm not creative is I grew up with this crap. I, I, I wasn't encouraged in any possible way. Well, Tierney... Were, were there enough? Were there enough laugh out loud moments to offset the cri- the grimaces? The grimaces, like the, oh god, the the stuff that is on the nose. Uh, I don't <laughs> think quite. I would need to. I kind of want to rewatch this now, knowing where it's going, and see because I have this gut feeling that the grimacing moments yeah. are going to be even worse because I'll know they're coming. And so I worry that that's going to tip the scales. But I I will give this movie, they did something right. This is a movie about a serial killer and it made me want to go to San Francisco. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tourism advertisement. <laughs> this is what the village people were singing about. <laughs> Dig down. It's just so beautiful and it's so cool and it's it's but it's bad (laughs) at the same time very very bad tim do you think harry looks concerned enough about the kid or is he just huffing and puffing so much he's just thinking about his his next intake of air does he look concerned enough for the kid He's just, it's the same face he's always got. It's one expression. I think we've established that Clint Eastwood has one yeah. expression. Do you think Frank Sinatra could have given it a bit more subtlety or or Paul Newman? You're like, oh, I, don't, I could look at him and take a breath all day. <laughs> Except on his pasta sauce bottle and how delicious it is. That's right. No, Clint's long legs are the ones for the role. Do you think his sweat is standing in for his inability to act and emote? Like, oh, if we just get him sweating, then that that will show that he's he's concerned about this kid. Just about. He's sweating this whole film, isn't he? Just running, puffing. In the novelization, Harry goes, Mother of God, pray for me. 
before he takes a shot. What? What? Yeah, I don't buy that either. Do you you guys buy that? Yeah, I can can picture how he would have said it. Mother of God, pray for me. It would be more sort of like under his breath. That's just, I could be wrong. Yeah, Clint Eastwood is incapable of expressing an exclamation point. I I, I agree, I agree. Some stupid publisher insisted on those two lines going in. They might have been religious and it it doesn't match at all. Yeah. It was a cheap, pulpy novelisation that came out a few years later. I suppose it's quite different to your source material, isn't it, Tierney? The MASH book. It's quite, I think, quite a, quite a bit different, isn't it? Yeah, the MASH book is a oh geez, thinly fictionalized memoir where the fictional part is he changed the names and made all their hijinks up to 11. <laughs> and it's a series of books too, isn't it, that revisits the characters when they go back home. Those are not real MASH novels. Oh. There are a ton of them. There is a whole series of MASH goes to. They're, I mean, they can be fun, but they are not good. Does that make sense? Fan fiction. Is yeah, that, is that yeah, yeah. What was, is that like an old version of fan fiction? Could be. I think you'd much rather, I'd rather read the Spies novelization maybe than the MASH one. <laughs> anyway, guys, speaking, Megan Tierney, speaking about this famous line... It's quite a bit different mm-hmm. in the novelization, the 44 Magnum bit. Obviously, the novelization is based on an earlier version of the script, and it's quite different, and I think subpar. Have a listen. You been counting? Well, was it five or was it six? Regulations say five hammer down on an empty. Only not all of us go by the book. What you have to do is think about it. I mean, this is a 44 Magnum, and it'll turn your head into hash. Now, do you think I fired five or six shots? And if I shot five, do I keep a live one under the hammer? (laughs) Uh, That's really poor editing. I mean, I know that in your book you don't have the benefit of visual, but (laughs) as if he wasn't capable of a paragraph of speech anyhow, (laughs) and there's no way he would do that whole lesson on... Technical firing of, you know, guns. Were they trying to use it as an educational yes, book or something? Right. <laughs> if you're ever out in the street and you haven't counted properly, these are your options. Is that another common American phrase, Megan? Turn your head into hash? Uh, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> Turning your head into hash? Make a meal of it? Is that? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Make a meal of it. Now, one of my favourite ever uh, throwaway lines like this to a bad guy is actually in Reckless Kelly. Oh. Have you seen that, Trent? Unfortunately, I only watched it 18 months ago for the first time. Do you mean, unfortunately, that you watched it? Like <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Let me clarify that. <laughs> it's it's a third Yahoo serious movie. Second. Oh. Second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Accident was might, after that. You might have to explain that for, I guess. Do you think it got a release in America? This is the yeah, yeah, yeah. Young Warner Einstein Brothers. movie, Megan. It was a Warner Brothers film. Oh. It was mostly shot in the US. Okay. Yeah. A widely known Australian classic. Widely? Kelly. <laughs> in this room, widely. <laughs> anyway, he plays like an avenging cop that also quotes Shakespeare. And uh, oh, Yahoo Serious goes, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. To blow your head off or not blow your head off? That is the question. Oh, that's bad. <coughs> Sounds like Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like the line, Tierney? This 
this cold shit you say to the guy at an end at the end, you know, I don't think we'd really had this sort of thing in movies before, had we? Maybe in Bond movies or something, some sort of Blofeld stick around type. Do you like the line? It reminds me of the pulpy fifties. I guess into sixties, like a James Bond movie. I like it, and I that's. Not just my bias of it having been the only thing I knew about this movie before. <laughs> yeah. Does Hawkeye have any funny lines after he's seduced a intern or something? Does he have does he have a bit of chutzpah and funny repartee? Is after his his disgusting Me Too movements in the tents? <laughs> uh, Hashtag, Hashtag yeah. Me Too. It's uh the early seventies are a wild time to analyze movies from. It was quite awkward, quite awkward for us as three males to talk about the the voyeuristic scenes earlier in this movie with Clint, you know, looking in there and oh, yeah. struggling to find oh, yeah. humor in it. Yeah. Again, something that makes no sense. Yeah. Like Absolutely I like to think no I'm sense. a fairly sophisticated, normal moviegoer who can follow what's happening in a film in front of her eyes. Yeah. And there were Well, they had their criteria. Sudden- we haven't had boobs for a few minutes. We better <laughs> plop them in. And, so, and I love the way he says, I am a cop. I'm like, yes, but you're still perving on a naked woman. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You, that's maybe what you do in daylight hours. But right now, you're perving on a young woman. I love how he's like, I have to live, you have to live a little hairy. Like, really? (laughs) Yeah. He's fine. (laughs) It's fine. Do you guys remember the early days of the internet before, like, Alta Vista or something, there was some function in a search engine where it says, I'm feeling lucky? Or do you feel lucky? Oh, God, Google still has that. You reckon Eastwood's Warner Brothers getting a few shekels from that? (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel lucky, punk? Because what it used to be was because the algorithms were so limited and there wasn't much up there, do you feel lucky? You could type things in and they never would have been typed in before, whereas now you could type anything in and the algorithms will pick it up and or numerous people have already typed it in. Like you could put in your address in those days and it wouldn't come up. Mm. Hang on, but it's just giving – if you click – do I feel lucky? Yeah. Does it give you a picture of Clint Eastwood? <laughs> <laughs> I would f- consider that lucky. Although it depends on the age. Have you? Yeah. Oh, Megan and Tierney, being being female, I'm going to jump to a massive conclusion here. Have you looked him up lately? Clint? Yeah. Like he's like your granddad with jeans under his elbows, <laughs> un- under his armpits. <laughs> it's like people should just die. You know, we'd, we'd, <laughs> or, or be removed from you know the public eye. We we don't need to see Clint as a nine hundred year old with hairy high pants. No pun intended. Oh, these are my pecans. This is just in the mule, uh, officer. They're, they're just my pecans. He looks like he's preparing for the role of Skeletor in Doesn't the he? Masters of the Universe or something. I rest my case. Yeah, like we don't need to see that. It. it Dashes all our dreams. Needs to take a leaf out of Anthony Hopkins' book yeah. and just retire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with Grace. Yeah. Con- Connery, I guess, he's sort of... Yeah. Yeah. Gene yeah. Hackman? He's retired. Yeah. Gene Hackman, he's, re- he's so writing mate, novels just now. Just remove Paul yourself Newman. from the public eye. <laughs> Tim, do you think Andy Robinson's eyes are like swimming pools? Gosh, that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, in Degrassi oh, Junior goodness. High, pimming, pimming schools. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Face of a choir boy. Oh, no, face of a freak. (laughs) 
Megan, did you like the brevity of this movie at least? That it's it's pretty lean. It, 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 it's pretty lean. Yeah, I was kind of surprised it like is only like ninety seven minutes. Like, wow, that's. But it packs a lot, I think, even though it's pretty brief. Yeah. Um, it feels longer than ninety seven <laughs> minutes. But oh, did you did? Oh, okay. It, it, parts of it just were like oh are we still doing this where did this scene come from why is this whole plot line happening i mean but- admittedly i felt like that too but it it i got so wrapped up into it that like i was re-watching it today on my lunch break and i only have an hour for lunch and i obviously couldn't get through the whole movie but i got about an hour in and i was like no i need to i know what happens but i need to know what happens like i i just wanted to keep watching it you know it, it kind of you know what? Here's where my disconnect is coming in. This is an excellent thriller movie. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand how it has become a pop culture sensation that has literally swept the globe. I <laughs> like that's where I have my little difference. Like I I do think it's a really good example of its genre and a genre defining in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, but I. Andy Robinson's portrayal of the killer Scorpio just baffles me. Sometimes he has motive. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he's he's a perfect killer, though, because he has no idea what he's doing. I mean, he knows what he's doing, but he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, I kind of liked him, actually, in a weird, creepy way. Like, not, well, I shouldn't say like him, like him, but I thought it was really well done. Like, it's really well acted. It's... Well, yeah, I mean, you could you could see this movie as a glorified teenage boy movie, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Tim Harry loves... He lives for this chase, doesn't he? Maybe that's why he's not overreacting and keeping his calm, just breathing slowly while he gets an opportunity to kill, uh, shoot Scorpio. He lives for this chase, doesn't he? He's like Morgan Freeman in Seven. He's at, when he's not doing this, he's at home literally watching a metronome. Remember that scene? That's why he had to make five films. Because he just couldn't stop. He just couldn't well, stop. Well, especially as he's off the case doing this. He's just a citizen killing a serial killer. Because remember remember the, pre- right. the previous scene in the office, he says, like, I'm not doing it, that's it, I'm off. And the wooden police officer or whatever he is says, yeah, okay, you know, no longer your thing. So he's actually just a citizen in a brown suit in a quarry. <laughs> shooting another man ne- in a brown Nearly shooting cardigan. a boy, just missing the boy <laughs> to... To shoot Andy Robertson, his nemesis. So, yeah, I think he needs the closure. That, and that's why he kept on making movies. It just, <laughs> he's chasing the dream. <laughs> just to go back quickly before you're saying about, you know, it sort of inspired you to want to go to San Francisco with the visuals. Uh, check out the television series, The Streets of San Francisco, which came out not long after this with Carl Malden and a very young Michael Douglas, um, visually oh, very, very ooh. similar. Ran for about four or five years. But, yeah, cop show, fantastic. And the colour is amazing. Oh, stunning. It's incredible. Andy Robinson has a role as like a, a lame hippie rather than a malicious one, I think. I haven't seen the episode yet, but Andy <gasps> Robinson. Oh, my God, if you come up with some crazy headcanon connecting the two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Liberace was probably... On the spectrum as well, Andy Robinson played him <laughs> and played JFK. But because you're from the northeastern seaboard, I'm not touching that. Oh um, yeah, I just. Um, what do you think? This the, do you think Scorpio Megan? Do you think Scorpio thinks I can take Harry? I can get kill this creep. 
Does he really believe? Maybe a little bit. I mean, he's crazy enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think Scorpio thinks he's going to win. I just wanted to say, you know how we don't have any backstory of Scorpio? His hatred was so weird. Like, Catholic priests, I don't think anyone would argue against that. (laughs) Um, The use of nigger, incredibly inappropriate. And then we have that weird scene from a rooftop where he almost shoots a homosexual couple. Like mm-hmm. his hatred was vast, but with absolutely no context. And then he bashed that poor guy running the bottle shop. You know when he went the cigarettes and everything. Like is that is that diverse litany of his victims just there to make you feel? Oh, he's really unhinged. We can't predict who he'll target. With is me it to make you feel scared or to make you feel nothing. I just feel confused because the lack of focus. I mean, who do you really hate, Scorpio? <laughs> we, we need we need more clarity. You can't hate everyone. I mean, and and then who does he shoot? He shoots a couple of women, so they weren't even on the list. Yeah, the, the original concept was the World War Two veteran Audie Murphy was meant to play that role. And he died, I think, you know, not long before Sinatra pulled out and all that business. So, that, the character's rewritten because Audie Murphy would have been in his 50s or whatever at the time. But, yeah, he was meant to be a crazed, you know, veteran. He had some history and some reason to be crazed. Yeah. 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 It's in, I think, John, the novelization we've talked about this before, d- talks him up as being a Vietnam veteran or something, doesn't he? It does in one line. It also says his name is Charles Charles Davis, and he's escaped from a, a mental institution after killing a guard. He's been in the, he's been institutionalized since he was a kid when he shot his mum with a shotgun or something. And that's such a cheap storyline, isn't it? Yeah, that's I mean, shit. We could be bothered thinking of something clever, so we'll throw that. I one read in. a really cool trivia thing that was like the boots he's wearing are paratrooper boots that- or something like that, but you wouldn't know that unless you read IMDb like I did. Yeah, yeah. They look funny, don't they? Like um, bowling shoes. Oh, the white laces. I don't know if that's really what param- um, Yeah. We've got a quote here from uh, reviewer Pauline Kale. She says, I don't know why I'm going to do it in a Harry style voice, but I, I don't like to imitate women. So Pauline Kale said this. Harry Callahan is a hero in whom our fantasies about lone sufficiency turn into psychosis. Do you think, Megan, watching Ooh. this movie may push people in the wrong direction. It may encourage vigilantes amongst us that, you know, does it portray the state as impotent and, you know, we we need a, a guardian like Dirty Harry to really to step up and save us? <sighs> is it a dangerous movie? I feel like if it hadn't been this, it'd be something else though, right? Yeah, well, if Travis Bickle saw this, would he become Travis Bickle or does he wait a few years later to, to see Death Wish? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We've had guests in the past that think, yes, it is irredeemably irresponsible. And certainly the successes to this movie, action movie cliches and everything, the idea of the lone cop with an attitude problem is a very dangerous precedent. But that was sort of the trend at the time anyway, wasn't it? Like, with the French connection and this and early 70s mm. starting to have these, I don't know, lone wolf vigilante style characters. Censorship changed yeah. and, you know, you were allowed to have these characters on the screen all of a sudden. The public was asking for it. 
I know, and also that's all there was, as I mentioned before. Um, if lonely little weird boys can look at this movie and think that they're Dirty Harry, they are very deluded. They're dirty, but they're not Harry. Deluded. <laughs> deluded. <laughs> deluded may be dirty, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I, I can hit a tennis ball, but I don't think I'm Serena Williams. <laughs> I, I think really? if people... You're more like Venus. <laughs> the long legs gave it away. Um, I don't know if they... I mean, I don't know if they would idolise these movies and then think, I'm going to go and do that, or they just would like walking around thinking, yeah, I could do that, but I won't because I'm not Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, I don't watch Prince video clips and think, you know, I'd look good riding a bike in purple. Exactly. But I can only dream. <laughs> it's best to dream. Well, guys, that's pretty much all. Do you guys, Megan, Tierney, do you have anything else to say about this minute? Uh, no, I actually am impressed with your timing. I was just about to say, I feel a little bad saying I have to go as your Callahan representative oh, yes. this minute. <laughs> yeah. How often do people misspell your name or even mispronounce it? Uh, hello, Mrs. Callahan. Yeah, so I spell mine with the G in it. Oh, yeah. And do you know how many people are like, so how do you say that? I'm like, you say it like Callahan. And actually, so I live in East Boston, and that means every day I get to go through the Callahan Tunnel, and it's spelled the way Dirty Harry spells his. <laughs> and it's got the added bonus of having East for Eastward. Ooh. And another famous uh, character on the silver screen with the surname Callahan from Police Academy. Oh, yeah. Callahan. <laughs> oh, Kate. I think hers is with a G. Well, that, uh, that, that quickly just reminds me of Heartbreak Ridge. Has anyone seen that? Eastwood plays like a hard-ass, hard-ass um, Marine Sergeant Major who has to train these misfits. Oh. And it's probably the most masculine role Harry's done. Uh, Eastwood's done. He's just swearing a lot and it's quite funny. It has some... Through lines with this movie about you know his superiors being out of touch and you know his 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 lieutenant gets a paper cut and everything and it sort of reminds me <laughs> and says what college did you go to anyway so it's sort of like maybe would you like to see Tierney a spin off of Dirty Harry where he has to go back to the police academy and and train a new a new <laughs> load of chicos. <laughs> I would love to see Harry Callahan in a training capacity. <laughs> Look, you don't need a search warrant. You just go over the hurricane fence. <laughs> just look through the window. Can you imagine the minute there were hijinks, the look on his face? <laughs> oh, just shoot geez. the bastard. <laughs> well, unfortunately, in Police Academy 1, which is a bit more R-rated than the other movies, you do have, unfortunately, our hero, um, Gutenberg, peering in at women in a shower, unfortunately. So... 14 years after this movie, things, Warner Brothers were still bad, Karen. Oh, they were bad forever. <laughs> Warner Brothers, isn't it Warner Sisters? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and they did warn us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I just had a flashback to, again, my, my childhood and adolescence, all the Porky's movies, yes. all, the, all the Burt Reynolds <laughs> oh, movies. Yeah. Like, no wonder we're all angry and bitter. Like, oh, I mean, my age group. <laughs> well, Mash, yeah. Karen Mash has the horrible one of... Um, you know, the shower thing where they pull it down, you know. For, yes. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mind you, not all of those nurses were resisting. Really? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to put a huge asterisk next to that. <laughs> Megan, Megan and Tierney, so many thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this was a 
really good excuse to finally see this movie. So thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, far away, it is the best in the series. You may think that's not saying a lot, but <laughs> compared to the other ones, it's, I don't know. I just, it's still one of my favorite movies. And um, I do find more and more reasons as we go through each minute to apologize for that and do some soul searching of why I find it so captivating. Don't lie, John. (laughs) (laughs) I talk about MASH. It's okay. We're all in the same boat. (laughs) Um, Are you going to let anyone in your life now say to you, bye-bye, Callahan? Bye-bye, Callahan? (laughs) No. Yeah, that was very weird watching that scene with the... Whatever. It's it's all good. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Tim. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Karen. My pleasure. We'll try and talk to you in another minute, Trent. Yeah, I'll hang around. Aww. Megan and Tierney, uh, Tierney, many thanks. Enjoy the rest of this movie. Thank you. <laughs> Lovely to meet you. We'll catch you next time on Dirty Harry Some parents thought it was fun to put their kids on a bus. This guy called Andrew, he hit them and started to cuss. We were saved by Dirty Harry, Dirty Harry, Dirty Harry. Couldn't see a camera anywhere. Was this real? We were getting scared, so we sailed through Waldo. Drake signing on to a seagull film that was our parents' mistake. A madman in a cardigan, he made our bus driver cry. He said we go to the ice cream factory. Well, that was just a lie. Dirty Harry, Dirty Harry, Dirty Harry. Couldn't see a camera, was this legit? Child labor, crack the shits. Made us sing, row, row the boat. Said he kill our mothers, quote, unquote. At the trestle bridge, a big man jumped down. We crashed in the sand, the widow man drowned. We were saved by Dirty Harry, Dirty Harry, Dirty Harry. My ears hurt, the monster shot his gun. A field trip hadn't yet begun. We were saved by Dirty Harry, Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry, Dirty Harry, Dirty Harry, Dirty Harry, Dirty Harry.